Uh, hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Best of Five, your weekly FGC talk show. We get, we're 30 <laughs> seconds in and I already have to use the beep. Look. 30 seconds! Steve, you do a service to us. For us. You're like, doing a service to me right now. <laughs> Alright, well, anyway, let's start the show. Hi, welcome to Best of Five. My name is Elon. And I'm here with my cohort, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi. How's it going? Steve, we got to meet in real life two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. And somehow the world did not explode. It was close. That's a surprise. It was close. When I, when I got there, there were, like, tornado warnings everywhere. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a little bit of recap before, uh, like, a recap of Combo Breaker and stuff before we dive into all the other topics, except for one. Steve, we need to talk about the future of the show. I guess we do. So, last month, you announced that you are going to retire from FGC and all FGC happenings, including this show, uh, to go be a family yeah. man. Yeah. Hopefully the gal variety. Where, oh, where you come back for one last mission? Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. The variety of someone else <laughs> that that has been the the topic of discussion for a couple weeks. Oh boy! Well, or for a week, I guess. Well, so I, I, it's been in my mind, right, that the show's days as they are now are numbered. And we met at Combo Breaker. Combo Breaker was fun. We had a great show at Combo Breaker with a couple of things that. Uh, could have gone better. A couple of things that could have gone much worse. Um, and again, that's mainly due to Rick helping us out and giving us uh, some nice support and giving us a space to do that. So, since then, uh, I at Combo Breaker, I brought this up to James Chen and him and I had a small conversation about it at Combo Breaker. After Combo Breaker, James hit me up and we had a small conversation about everything else. And I've still been on the fence because I don't know what I'm going to do, right, Steve? Except after coming home from Combo Breaker, I kind of realized something, Steve. What did you realize? The FGC is cool. Sorry for using the F word, but that's the only way I think I can ad adequately describe it. So, big for a little no. And here's why. After I got home from Combo Breaker, I had, a, I had the hunger again, right? I competed at Combo Breaker. I did relatively well. Uh, I met a lot of people. I talked to a lot of people. Uh, saw a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a while. Um, and I got that hunger. The hunger for the FGC again. And I got the motivation to keep making stuff for the FGC. So, today, I'm here to say that once Steve retires... I will try, I will give it my damn best shot to host the show solo or bring something, somebody on. On top of that, I'm going to try to really become like a content creator, as it were, right? So I'll be trying to make a lot of FGC content, some of which uh, some of you tuned into earlier. Um, so I'll be ramping up on a lot of that stuff. Um, I also went to a Twitch webinar about a bunch of stuff that I can't really talk about. So that was fun. Um, so yeah, I 
am going to be recruiting some help. I know at least one person who I have already hit up who will be helping. Because behind the scenes, I don't know if you guys realize this or not. I hope you do. Steve does the bulk of the work. He won't. He, he says he doesn't, but he do. Steve makes the graphics before the show. Right? He does all the hard work. Like he makes the graphics. Him and I talk about all the content stuff. He updates the shenanigans that is on the bottom of the screen here. He does everything. All I do is I click the go live button. After the show, Steve edits. And then Steve uploads to YouTube. Steve also works on the Twitter. Although I've been posting on there and being degenerate on there. Uh, so I apologize to everybody about that. So uh, I will be recruiting some help because this is more than a one person job. Even though Steve Steve is the one person. He's like the powerhouse that keeps this uh, this show. I'm like big enough for three people. So let's. Honestly, Steve, you and I are kind of the same size. Yeah, I, I think I think you got a little more going this way. I got a little more going this way. No, I think. Wow, I really put that out there like that. You did. Oh. Uh, but anyway, so here's the even cooler thing: is I am going to try my damnedest to keep making content. The show is going to keep going. I'm going to try my damnedest. What's going to happen? Who knows? I haven't figured that out yet. I just know that I will keep going. However, Steve, there's even more announcements. This came through today, which is very interesting considering that I decided to make this announcement today. But this came through today. Steve, the Best of Five show is now affiliated with the Epic Game Store. So, what does that mean? When you guys go download the Rumbleverse beta for this weekend, which, by the way, there's even more to talk about that. When you go download the Rumbleverse beta, or when you go to the Epic Game Store in general to buy games, download games, even play Fortnite or Rocket League, anytime you do any transaction, at the bottom right is a supported creator code. And as of literally three hours ago, you can type Best of V Show at the Epic Game Store to support us. And I will show you exactly how this works. Steve, let's, let's take a trip, shall we? Welcome to my other computer. Hi, other computer. So, here's the Epic Game Store. I'm going to take that away from the screen. Welcome to the Epic Game Store. This is where you can uh, find everything and everything, anything and everything for the Epic Game Store. What you don't know is daily, the Epic Game Store will have free games right? So what do you do to claim these free games? You simply go to the store, you go to these free games, right? Today, until, oh, I'm sorry, it's weekly. I apologize. I thought it was daily. Uh, until June 16th, you can claim Maneater, which is a pretty dope game. You play as a shark. And to do that, you click on it, then you click get over here on the right. And then it takes you to this, where there is a creator tag, button right here and here again as of three hours ago you can type best of v show type that in there click place order and then you pick on the fire trucks <laughs> forgot about this part uh trucks what are trucks i am not a robot and there you go Thanks. it's as simple as that and now 
I have a free game, which is Maneater, in my account. Best of five gets a little bit of support, and everybody wins. So I'm gonna have to blur that on YouTube too. Oh, it's fine. There, there's <laughs> gameplays. That, so no, 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 Steve. There's gameplays of YouTube of this game, so it's fine. It's cool. Uh, but anywho, that's the deal. Goodbye, computer. Everybody say goodbye to the computer. Goodbye. Bye, computer. So anywho, anywho, the Epic Game Store is uh, we are uh, affiliated with the Epic Game Store. So anytime you make a purchase or do anything in there, type best of V show in the supporter creator code as a supporter creator code, and we'll get uh, a little bit of the kickbacks. Full disclosure, uh, that doesn't give you any discounts or anything. I wish it did, uh, but it does kick us back some of the money. Even, even with the free games, we still get a little bit of it back. So everybody go ahead and do that. Use Best of V Show at the Epic Game Store. And most importantly, we saw, and we're going to talk about the Ultra Chen Show a little bit later too, but we saw in the Ultra Chen Show uh, Lord Keats talking about Rumbleverse. Rumbleverse, the beta is coming out for 24 hours on Saturday at noon, and I will be here on this channel playing the game for as long as I possibly can because that game is hilarious and I would like to share the experience with you. So when you go to the Epic Game Store to download the beta, use our code Best of Show, and be here at noon on Saturday, noon central. So yeah, Steve, those are all the announcements. So the show is keeping going. I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to give it my dang old college try and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. And that's the future of the show. That's the future of the show. In the immediate future, we've got 45 minutes to talk about one of the busiest weeks of FGC news in a long time. Yep, we do. So we're sk we're skipping the recap. We've got results from DreamHack, Dallas, and the Topanga Championship down below. Be sure to check all of that out. I'm sad because a player named Bobby Big Balls won, and I can't, I can't put we it can't on a graphic. Him, we can't give him the bestie. We can't give him the weekly bestie. Dang it. I'm sorry. Well, congratulations to Bobby Big Balls. Was that, was that his name? Bobby, Bobby Big Balls? Bobby Big Balls. Okay, cool. Uh, congratulations to Bobby Big Balls. He wins the I wish we could give you a bestie bestie. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about Street Fighter Six. I wasn't here last week, so you guys... Honestly, I was in, I was in uh, Arlington, Texas over at the Esports Stadium doing my day job. So I wasn't able to be here. And I got to tell you, I was in a room full of people and I was wearing a mask and I watched the trailer, like the reveal happen. I was not expecting it. And I'm sure my jaw probably hit the floor at some point. But luckily I had a mask, so nobody really realized it. Uh, it's pretty crazy. So Street Fighter Six, we got the big four characters last week. Immediately after those four characters, we got a bunch of uh, information on the Capcom website about uh, some of the game's crazy mechanics and how everything everything is happening. Uh, we also got some unfortunate leaks, which we'll hit on. Uh, but, oh, and obviously, we can't forget the most important one. Vicious and Aru are in the game. They made it. Yeah. We, there, there, there's a commentator mode in Street Fighter Six. so if you 
wish you could play like the big boys up on the Evo stage, you can do that from the comfort of your home now. Uh, and have all of your matches very, commentated. Very very similar to uh, James and David being in Yadagarasu. Yep. Also, back. yeah, and there's like Maximilian's in there. There's a bunch of people in there, right? Uh, but yeah, no, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, am I going to use it? Probably not. <laughs> but uh, But I think that's a really, really cool feature to kind of like help bridge the casual audience with the FGC at large. That's a really cool idea. Uh, then we get to today, Steve. We got, yeah. Actually, wait, wait, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. There's still stuff from, there's still stuff from yesterday. I apologize. We get to yesterday or the day before. I don't remember anymore where they showed this. The greatest, like, this is something that's so small. It's can, so small, so minute, but so cool. So you can make facial expressions at your opponent before the match starts. It's Soul Calibur 2 all over again. As soon as I saw that, honestly, like Link's voice kind of just got stuck in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really hope. I really hope there's like a way, a version of like just laughing right in your opponent's face. Because I'll do that the entire time. It's like straight up laughing right at their face before the match happens. So this adds another layer of mind games, Steve. This adds another layer of mind games. Are there so Shayan Shayan is asking if there's going to be a best of five commentary pack that Elon and Steve are gonna just place pizza bets on people? <laughs> that would be really funny. Us like uh, like an algorithm of uh, of uh, placing pizza bets <laughs> on offline matches. It'll Damn. just end every match. Will end with just me yelling at you, like, "Why did you make me lose? <laughs> I was counting on you." Or we're just gonna tie every. every... <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, but Steve, that's not the end of it. No, because it's today not. it keeps going. Today, and I was on stream. If you guys were on stream. Uh, you can you, you can also go see my reaction to it on YouTube. I have to I, I have to say because of the leaks, Capcom moved Giles' release from the twenty fourth at CEO to today. It was because of the leaks. I'm still right. Okay, let's go watch this trailer. Oh wait, I picked the wrong one. Damn it. <laughs> I kind of want to watch that one again. We ain't got time. We got too much going on. Yeah. So this literally happened a couple hours ago. America's you Hero is back. And then they showed Luke, and I was like, wait a minute. That's not America's Hero. And there he is. Guile returns. Easy and adaptable, if you remember my sleuthing. Look at it. Now, this is where it gets kind of crazy. Look at this. He does a sweep that knocks them up. And then he has a target combo off of his sweep. So there's so many target combos. He has his Sonic Blade from Street Fighter V. It's now a special move. There's the FADC. It works like we all thought it would. Here's the drive impact. Here's his super. 
which is V-Trigger 1 from Street Fighter V. This is his two-stock super. I'll get into that in just a sec. Perfect parry into his level 3. Which is the most disrespectful super ever. Where he steps on you in midair and then kicks you in the nose. And then checks his Fitbit to see how many steps he got on your face. Bam. Guile. So, that's Guile in Street Fighter VI. There's a lot of cool stuff that they showed in this trailer. Like I said, they showed us the, FD, uh, the FADC, the Drive Rush, off of a uh, normal, which costs three Drive Meters, right? Uh, which is very expensive. It's the most expensive thing you can do with Drive Meters. They showed a lot of target combos, including... They showed his sweep, his regular sweep. They also showed his, like, sweep that pops people up into the air for some reason, and then he, like, does a roundhouse, and then he does a flash kick. Kind of wild. Uh, so that's going to be crazy. Another thing that they also announced, is, and if you guys didn't catch it, if you go into the PlayStation blog or the Capcom news, uh, you can see a blog post about Guile. And they confirmed that... The three supers that each character has, one is going to cost one meter, one is going to cost two meters, and one is going to cost three meters. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Do you have access to all three of them? Yes, at all times. That's the thing. That's the crazy. That's the crazy thing with Street Fighter V. As far as my understanding, yes, you have access to them at all times, and the fact that they are different costs makes me think that they made that made it that way on purpose. The crazy thing with Street Fighter Five is, or I'm sorry, with Street Fighter Six is, not only is Street Fighter as we know it going to completely change because of this drive mechanic, uh, the other big thing that you can do in this game is right off the rip, you have access to your entire drive gauge. So right at the beginning of the round, if you're stupid enough to do it, and I'm sure I'm going to do it at some point, I'm sure we're all going to do it at some point, you can just throw three EX moves at the very beginning of the round. Screw it. Then you're going to be in that burnout mode, and then you're going to get stunned. Uh, so that's cool. And we just saw how like the, the Drive Rush FADC works. Um, lots of parries. Lots of a lot of things happening. Uh, I, this game is... Eh, the reason I say that Street Fighter, as we know it, is completely changed is because with this many defensive mechanics, we have the armor move, the, the impact, right? The drive impact. We have the drive parries. We also have the, the drive reversal, right? All of these three defensive uh, tools that we have are super duper strong. And we've seen them in the trailer, how they use the armor moves and everything. So, in order to balance this out, the offense in this game has to be ridiculous. Or else this game is just going to be very boring. Right? <laughs> like Cross-tech and vanilla. Yeah. So, unless offense is super wacky, which, with, as we saw with Guile, he, Guile gets Oki off of his booms now. I don't know if you saw. He can throw a Sonic Blade and it pops you back. And he can throw a sonic boom that hits you right on wake up. And you have to hold that. You have to block it. And he's probably going to jump or like dash in low. And you're screwed. Uh, unless you do a drive impact or you parry or whatever. Right? So that's going to... I think Street Fighter Six is going to be very interesting. Uh, I My one wish is that we could just play this game right now. Uh, because it looks great. Uh, it looks new. 
Uh, they're using the RE engine, which is a lot more uh, efficient than the Unreal Engine. So my assumption is that a lot of the input delay issues that we have are going to be mitigated somewhat. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah. So, yeah, super meters are only used for supers. EX moves, drive gauge. And if you use too much drive gauge, you enter content creator mode. You get burned out. Oh, man. I, I think the thing that has been most striking is just the amount of positive energy around this game. Because you think back to the last few fighting game release, releases from Capcom. Street Fighter V Vanilla. Mm -hmm. Street Fighter Cross Tekken Vanilla. Mm -hmm. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. All three of those games had very, not just glaring holes at launch, but in the buildup, there were some some big question marks yeah. for some people uh, in one way or another. Everything coming out of the reveals we've had so far has been excitement. You know, I've seen, like, I've seen maybe one or two mentions of... The animation's looking a little NRS-esque. They're stupid. NRS-esque. That's, that's really dumb because everything looks so super-duper smooth. I don't know what like, the hell like, they're talking about. Like, I can't put my finger on it. There are some, there are some move or motions that look simultaneously too fluid and not fluid enough. Sure. It's weird. It's weird. I can't quite put my uh, finger on it. I can't quite put it into words. I don't but know. I mean, that is such a small thing compared to just the amount of excitement, the amount of hunger there mm -hmm. is for this game, which is honestly surprising to me because of the amount of goodwill that honestly got a little burned over the course of the last few releases. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and it's funny you mentioned that, Steve, because in the Guile trailer, we're not going to do it here because it's going to take too much time, but he his target combo, crouching medium kick into the overhead, if you play it slow, he does the crouching medium kick where he has his hand on the ground, and then he just magically goes, zoop, and he stands up, like, just like, boop. It's so funny. and But that's like kind of a, that, that's kind of a weird product, right? Product of the game we're playing because it is street fighter where you know moves get canceled all the time uh things move very quickly it's gonna take some getting used to for us to look at something hyper realistic and then see ryu just like and tatsuing across the screen it's gonna it's gonna take some getting used to and uh something that's worthy of note one big thing that i think a lot of people have been noting is that these reveal trailers where they're showing the animations, they're showing stuff are not the actual speed of the game. If you look at the commentator, uh, the commentator trailer, the speed of the game is completely different. It's much faster than what we're seeing on trailers. So my assumption is that they're slowing some things down on the trailer so that we get to see uh, what the game really looks like. Oh yeah, uh, 
Capcom has been slowly drip feeding a bunch of cool stuff. Like they've been showing off like how Jamie's drink works. They've been showing Ryu's new stuff. They've been showing Chun's new stuff. And then they put out a music video. They put out a music video that is badass. They have the the man, the graffiti artist who's a quadriplegic. I forget his name. He's badass, dude. He's making like all these pieces of art with like a mouth brush. Dude. It's it's a badass video. Uh, I still prefer President of the World, but, you know, that's just me. Well, unfortunately, Come we can't on, e- 99 cents on iTunes. Please make it happen, guys. We can't even play it on stream or else we're going to get claimed. Uh, you know, th- I love, though, the funky homo sapien, but he's got to let go of those rights. Uh, anywho. Music rights. Anywho. <laughs> Sorry. my I don't, where, I don't know where my brain went. Uh... What was I saying? I forget what I was saying, Steve. You were talking about <laughs> my Jamie brain. And oh yeah, uh, the, the, like the, all the cool stuff that they yes. were putting out. Yes, yes. Uh, and then, uh, much like BP's eye gouging of gas prices and past occurrences, a leak happened, and the entire cast. Well. The concept art for seemingly the entire cast, right? Let's remember, concept art is not the final product. Right. So. We, we will, for those who wish to avoid spoilers, we will not specify the spoilers on this episode. Yes. We have, we have all the stuff. I asked Steve for us not to put it on just because if Capcom decides to go after people who are displaying it, uh, or, like, if there's any issue with it, I don't want us to get caught in the middle of it, right? So we're going to be respectful of Capcom uh, and not show the stuff on the screen and not, like, necessarily say outright what it is. If you want to see it, just go to Twitter uh, or YouTube. Uh, it, but it, it, it is definitely out there. Um, can we talk about one backstory? Yes. it's It's been everywhere. Okay. Go for it. Uh, so... Um... Okay, we're we're going to spoil one character. I am sorry. Um, of the content uh, of the art that is out there, and the characters released so far, their designs match up perfectly with the concept art that has been put out, which lends credence to the the leak. Uh, one of the characters is Ken, and there is uh, he looks very different than he does in previous Street Fighter games. There is a thus far unconfirmed backstory for him, but everyone is running with this. Where Ken somehow is so obsessed with competing that Eliza left him and now he is going through divorced dad, middle-aged Ken. And, and the fact that this exists is just so... Uh, fighting games are something so great. <laughs> First of all, speaking of something so great, I need to fix this. Uh, speaking of things that are great, Beaver, FDW, with the big resub. Sorry about my camera. I don't know what's going on here. Um, but, yeah, so that's, like, something that somebody posted and people have been running with. There, We don't know if that's <laughs> true or not. That could be completely Punish fake. Ken. That could be it completely could be. fake. But, look, even I was, if it's not canon, it's my head canon now. 
Yeah, dude, I, I was on Twitter and I saw a clip of Maximilian and I think he had like the absolute best joke of this whole thing. It's like he, he was doing like basically a scene of Ken talking to Ryu and he's like, Ryu, I used to wake up Choryu all the time, but I, now I don't even want to wake up anymore. <laughs> I saw that. And Dude, it's like, that, it, oh it, my it's God. him photoshopped into the Joe Rogan experience talking to Joe about that. <laughs> Dude, like that joke God. fucking killed me. Even when I think about it, I like can't even like hold my smile back. Ugh. It's so funny. God damn. Uh, but we'll, we'll see, right? We'll see what happens. Um, I honestly thought today's reveal was going to be Kimberly because they teased her in the previous trailer. Apparently, on the 13th, there's another Capcom showcase where they're going to show off more stuff. So we have more to look forward to there. Uh, Ken lost all his crypto wallet. I lost all my crypto wallet. It's rough out here. Uh, but yeah. Oh, no. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, Street Fighter 6 is exciting. I am very optimistic, and I hope that the game is going to be as great as we think it is, and that we're all going to be happy at the end. And you know, this is another one of those things, man. I hate to say it. It feels like ever since Sono left, Capcom stopped taking L's. Well, I mean, they did take this giant L. (laughs) They did take this giant L, the leak. That's one of those things where it feels like they're the public face for it, and you have a whole bunch of fans who don't know any of the -the behind-the-scenes things, so they're automatically going to blame them for, for, like, like, Ono is not the sole reason. Right everything you liked was good or everything you hated was bad. It, it, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he was the person calling the shots at the time, but anyway, any whoozle beyond that, um, there's one thing I do want to get off my chest is I've been seeing a lot of people saying, Oh, the leaks they're on purpose. Capcom did it on purpose. Who the stop it. Like that's the most asinine thing I think I've heard. That's not a curse word. Uh, asinine. Uh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because here's the thing. Think of it this way. You're Capcom. You're about to put out this trailer. And you plan on doing this leak. Could you imagine if the trailer sucked? And we all hated it? And then they did this leak? And we all hated it again? That's bad. And we've talked about this on the show. Where, like, marketing is a very specific thing. They essentially made a year's worth of decisions on when they were going to release stuff, when they were going to announce stuff, how they were going to release stuff, and how they're going to announce it. For a year! This game doesn't come out until 2023. It feels like it's forever away. But there's no one in their right mind that would just forego the the ability to showcase the game exactly how you want it and just release stuff into the wild. That's stupid. Uh, So the leaks suck if they're authentic, which I'm assuming they probably are at this point, right? Because even Capcom tweeted out, which they, again, smart marketing, uh, 
where they stayed in character even were like, uh, as citizens of Metro City, we saw some stuff we weren't supposed to see, but we thank you for the support. And everybody's like, yay. <laughs> it's like, again, they turned the L into a W. They turned the leak into a win. It's like they, hi they fired BP, took him off the, ghost, the coast, and hired somebody else that was more competent. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I just think that like the, the thought that they were doing that stuff on purpose is really dumb. So stop it. Stop being dumb. Yeah. Now, Steve. Let's shift gears. We got to get a little serious yes. here. So with all this good stuff that's been happening, there's also some stuff that happened between last week and today that is not so great. Yeah, this came out uh, basically an hour after we went off the air last week. Um, Capcom put out a statement on their Twitter that said, quote, Capcom has been made aware of multiple code of conduct violations by Xianwu Infiltration Lee and Michael Theoli Ronan Parks. As a result of their respective violations, Infiltration and Theoli Ronan, excuse me, Theoli Ronan will be banned from all Capcom owned, operated, and or licensed events globally including Capcom Pro Tour and Street Fighter League, until further notice, end quote. This follows uh, Infiltration's ban, which came down a uh, little more than a week before Combo Breaker, where he was banned from that event and through reciprocity agreements between uh, other tournaments. He was also banned from EVO, uh, CEO, East Coast Throwdown, and uh, among other tournaments. Also banned separately from uh, ICFC for, and, and uh, in the notice for those, he was, uh, he was informed that it was for unspecified code of conduct violations. Also, he went on Twitch and uh, in the, during the stream, uh, where he talked about his band from Combo Breaker and, and the like. Uh, he used a uh, racial slur, and he got banned for, I believe, one week from Twitch. Uh, that band is set to expire very soon. Uh, so he has not had himself a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, of course, this follows uh, from the allegation... or. It, it, this has been a long, ongoing story uh, with infiltration. Um, should also note that Theo Lee Parks is a player who was set to compete in CPT Midwest. Uh, he was arrested for bad things. So, yeah. We've we've got some things to talk about there. I'll I'll let you go first because no. I I might ramble for a bit. I mean, look, you, you can take the floor because I have no comment, right? Like somebody's going to brag about that. There's no place anywhere for that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. and as far as the infiltration thing, it's like, look, I think you said it best, Steve. I'm sorry to steal one of your lines. I hope you weren't going to use it. If the reason you got banned is a multiple choice question <laughs> or has. <laughs> Like, <laughs> anyway, that's all I'll say about that. That's ultimately that stuff. That's not up to me. But yeah, 
uh, it's been rough over there. Uh, what do you what do you have to discuss, or what do you want to say? I have, about it? I have several thoughts. Go for um, it. First of all, like you said, uh, this was a this could be posed as a multiple choice question because, uh, as you know, obviously there were allegations of abuse towards his his partner back in 2018, which led to him sitting out the entirety of or the second half of 2018 and the entirety of 2019. And that's uh, based on um, him basically pleading no contest to battery charges or the equivalent of battery charges. If it were a U.S. court, there's that that some people feel like he was he should have been banned for life though for and I was one of those people. Um he has also had since then two separate allegations of helping to rig beginners tournaments or new players tournaments uh where he would encourage people connected with him to rank up to a particular level to not be suspicious. Um, and then enter these beginners tournaments. There's that. There's obviously the N-word that he used on stream that he said was a joke because he was told by uh, some black people at a U.S. tournament that he was given a pass to use it. Um, so I don't know how much maliciousness there was in that case. Uh, but in any event... It shouldn't be a multiple choice option. If you're going to do things, if you're already on thin ice for what happened in 2018-2019, you need to be on your absolute best behavior. You, you cannot afford to do anything that could potentially lead you to losing your, your ability to do your job. So I don't really have sympathy for him. On the other hand, I do not like the fact that these uh, bans were for vague, unspecified code of conduct violations. If you are the biggest concern when you have any sort of bans that apply to multiple tournaments, if, if you have tournament organizers that come together, one of the big issues, one of the big fears that a lot of community members have is that people will make decisions based on who they're cool with and who they're not cool with. By not specifying what the, the ban is for, it's not, even if it's not directly leading, lending credence to the, those fears, it's not doing anything to calm them. If if he's, whatever he's done, you know, at least infiltration, you don't necessarily have to tell the entire world, even though I think that that would get better buy-in. Um, but he, you should be able to say, yes, you were banned from our events because you did this, this, and this. Not, you violated our, our terms, and go ahead and figure out which ones they were. I don't think anyone really wins here because if you're, you know, obviously he can't, he can't compete in the one game that is paying out anything 
close to enough money to make a living off of. At least, at least the officially licensed events. Fan, people who are fans of Infiltration, they're upset because they feel like he was banned for really what he did in 2018. And they, they feel like this is just them not having to deal with it anymore. And people who wanted him banned in 2018 are upset. Be, or people who are in favor of the ban are upset because they're thinking, why didn't this happen in 2018? I, I just really, really wish this was all handled differently. Um, I will say, though, one last thing, and this is sort of an aside. As I mentioned, I was one of the people who said it should be a lifetime ban. And that was a very emotional response to something that hits very close to home for me. Closer than I'd like to admit. With this, it's made me reflect on that sort of, you know, that decision. And I started to try and look at it from a business perspective. And the more I thought about it from a business perspective, the more I thought that, yeah, it should have been a lifetime ban. Or at least, you know, lifetime ban with the ability to appeal within two years. Because most of the time, well, whether we like it or not, these pro tours exist, and I've said this multiple times, these pro tours exist as advertisements for the game. Capcom is putting in money because they feel that having players play the game at a high level on a weekly basis is a way to make Street Fighter look good and get people interested in the game. The players are effectively spokespeople. And with all of the baggage that he had... From not just what he did in 2018, but the other things that are hanging over his head. He's just a terrible spokesperson now. So they are going to, they don't want him here. Whether whether what happened in 2018 is, I don't think that's the reason he got banned. I feel like that's the reason he wasn't given a second chance or any sort of benefit of the doubt. Because... The only way, the only way that it would have gone away is if either one of them was a cartoon villain and basically admitted that everything, you know, everything was a lie or everything was true and I don't care or anything like that. That's not going to happen. Or if they take the Michael Vick approach where what he did, he not only apologized, he not only did what was asked of him legally, he went above and beyond to show that he, to do as much as he could to try and repair the damage that he did in terms of animal welfare. But that is so rare that that it's just, you can't count on that happening. So 90% of the time, if you have an allegation as serious as that, it's just going to be there. It's not going to go away. It's not going to get better. It's not going to get worse. It's just going to be there. And it's always going to be there. And Capcom was in this uncomfortable position. If you remember the the uh, 2020 season final. Where you know it was infiltration versus NL. Because they both qualified. The hype video was all about NL. And when infiltration won. 
the mood on the set was basically, okay, here's the highlight. Let's take a commercial. Because they don't want to celebrate infiltration. And that, you know, you if you're infiltration, you have to realize that you have to go above and beyond to 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 get that out of... I, I, I'm making this sound hard. Or I, I'm making this sound different than I, I want it to. You have to go above... If, if you want to continue as basically a spokesperson for Capcom, you have to make yourself a good spokesperson. And whether you like it or not, that is part of your job as a pro player. Because guess what? You don't have many other options. All roads lead through Capcom if you're going to play Street Fighter professionally. So you have to remain on the on their good side. And he simply did not. So I feel like the ban was not handled well, but I'm not exactly uh, shedding any tears for him. All right, Steve. <clears throat> as, as much as I want to dwell on this further. Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I said, it's very, very no, passionate it's, uh, yes. thing for me. No, and I super appreciate you sharing your thoughts. Um, yeah, this is a difficult situation. However, with the show we have, we need to trudge through these last two topics that we have before we bring Javi on. Javi, he's in our green room. He's got uh, green M&Ms only. We got him Evian water. He's chilling. We'll have him on in just a little bit uh, in nine minutes. So let's talk about the Guilty Gear Strive update that's happening tomorrow. Big change, right? This feels like the Dragon Ball Z... A uh, big change that they had a couple uh, a couple of years ago before uh, the game kind of went dark for a little while. Not that I'm saying that's going to happen with Guilty Gear. But they've been drip-feeding us information. The patch notes came out. It's wild. It's absolutely crazy. There's a lot of, like, huge, big game mechanic changes. There's a lot of huge, big character mechanic changes. We have a couple of videos here of a few of these. Uh, so let's dive into these, and then I'll give you my full thoughts on them in just a sec. So... Here is the first video, and this is showing that from now, you can cancel close standing S or standing Ks into a dash. And here they're showing that if you pair that up with a Roman cancel, the slowdown occurs. Even if you, because uh, usually the slowdown only occurred if you, were, uh, if you were hitting them with either a yellow Roman cancel or a red Roman cancel. But now, blue Roman cancels and purple Roman cancels do activate slowdown if you're near your opponent. That's going to cause a lot of shenanigans. So if you blue RC or quick RC in someone's face, you can get a lot of stuff off of it. You can use that to extend combos as well. So uh, this game is about to get nuttier, even nuttier than it already is. Along with that blue RC change, or along with these Roman cancel changes, we also learned today even, like right before the show started, that... RCs work differently. RCs work differently now. Let's take a look at this one. So instead of being one complete spend, if you cancel an RC, it doesn't spend the entire bar, right? So the way they worded it is that the meter drains instead of it being spent. So the earlier you cancel out of an RC, so if you use a quick RC, you're going to still have a little bit of meter left. And meter in this game is hella important. Lastly... And this is a crazy one. I originally thought this was better than it is, but it's still pretty good. And it is that punches and kicks hit on counter hit 
now have a slowdown. So you can confirm punches into mediums, punches or kicks into mediums on counter hit. That's a big deal. You weren't able to do that before. So this game's about to get a lot wackier. Now, my personal character is Giovanna, and I got to tell you, Steve, with these changes, Giovanna's eating good, right? Just the fact that you can dash cancel off of a K, Giovanna's the best character in this game now. Uh, her spiral arrow got a big buff. Her DP got a buff, which she kind of needed because that DP was ass. Let's be real here. She can control the distance of her dashes, so... She was already a dash-in-your-face character, and now you can dash cancel out of a kick. You can control the distance of your dash. You can have a long dash or a short dash, depending on which direction you're holding it. And her giant plus move is now even plus her. So she's eating good. She's eating good. I thought this was Strive, not plus R. Yeah, it's, it's plus a lot now for Giovanna. Uh, next, uh, another character that won quote-unquote. Uh, actually, there's a couple. Actually, a lot of characters got some cool buffs. A lot of characters got some cool nerfs. <laughs> uh, Kai. Kai's install is useful now. He's faster and hits harder. And if he does go into the install, it causes a little bit of a burst, so it uh, knocks people away. So Kai's about to be a monster. Nago can do some wacky stuff now. Let, I, I do have the, the Nago thing. Because if he was already scary before, now he can cancel Fukio, which is his dash, into special moves. So if you thought his pressure was rough before, buckle in. Look at this. He can cancel Fukio into stuff and just keep that combo going. Whereas before, he couldn't cancel Fukio. And, and on top of that, uh, another thing that that showed is that momentum carries across special moves and supers now. So... If you're dashing and then canceling it into a special move or dashing it into a special move or a super, that momentum usually tends to carry a lot. So this game's about to change, and it's coming out tomorrow. I'm excited. Steve, any thoughts? Uh, do you have any thoughts on Happy Chaos? Because... they, Yeah, so they... I think it's very interesting the way that they decided to normalize that character. His big issue is the concentration that he his his meter is concentration meter. Pow pow. Uh, he can do uh, the aim down sight from full screen, and then he can hit you with a curse, which makes him gain concentration faster. So he can essentially just zone you all the time. The way they did it is the farther away you are from him, costs more concentration to hit. So I think that's a super interesting way of mitigating that full screen uh that full screen zoning without mitigating how they want this character to be played. And honestly, some of the mix-up stuff that he's got is really scary. The fact that he can shoot that gun at any time and anywhere, doesn't matter what he's doing, he can shoot that gun is extremely scary. So he's going to be a bit of a mix-up monster. And his roll got buffed, so he's got more movement options. It's crazy. Does it's he crazy. does he have a reversal now? I believe so. I, I think he always. I think he always had his reversal, uh, the the big guns. I think that's invincible. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's happy chaos. Uh, the only person I think that lost their invincible reversal was Potemkin. Potemkin's big wall thing is now no longer invincible. 
However, it comes out hella fast, so you can use it in block strings. It's kind of scary. Okay. Anything else you want to chat about? Guilty Gear before we move on to the next topic, because we only have three minutes. We got three minutes, and we uh, we should spend the, those three minutes on Ultra Chen. Okay. Uh, this Tuesday, Ultra Chen had a, an announcement regarding the future of the show, and we talked a little bit about it at the top of the show. Uh, due to job changes and situation changes, uh, Ultra Chen is ending after an 11-year run, uh, which is... Oh, the, the Tuesday show, specifically. The Tuesday, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, the Tuesday show is ending after an 11-year run, which is absolutely wild. 11 years is no small feat. That was like uh, the entirety of Dragon Ball Z. It's long. It's a long time. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think I can't go on and not say this. I think the Tuesday show or before it was called the untitled Tuesday show was like my first, like true foray into the FGC. So much so that through there, I helped them out with editing some stuff before I started working for cross counter. So they really provided like the springboard for people to really dive into the FGC. And uh, it's uh, while it's a great loss to us, I think it's going to be a great gain to David for his new career opportunities. Uh, it's going to be a great boon, uh, like a, a weight lifted off of Tubbo's shoulders because he's been, uh, he said he's been like feeling kind of down. So I can't wait to see Tubbo like doing his own thing, getting his own thing going. Uh, and, you know, uh, I really hope James can figure something out. Uh, I know he still wants to do stuff, and I hope he do. Yeah, those like those two have just been, you know, obviously cornerstones of the FGC, but to be able to do something like that for more than a decade. 11 years. takes a lot of drive. It takes a lot of... Because I know there were days where, where they just felt like, no, we're, we can't do it. But to be able to put out that content for the benefit of the FGC is something that is absolutely tremendous. Uh, you know, obviously they had some sort of influence on us, you know, mm-hmm. through best of three. And, you know, I, I still remember the days of best of three into Capcom Pro Talk into Ultra Chen TV. Yeah. Which. Uh, Podcast James, Tuesday. yeah, James, David, Brandon, thank you. Also, Steve and Steve, and mm-hmm. Alon, because you were involved in the show as well. I just edited stuff for James. It wasn't like you. Tuesday you were involved. Stuff. I I edit really. stuff for this show. I am involved here. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> but thank you for everything you've done. Uh, we are gonna pay a little bit of tribute to them. Um, we're gonna give them the lead in. One last time. So uh, this Tuesday, before their final show, we will uh, be re-airing a couple of very old interviews uh, with James and David uh, before their final show. So be on the lookout for that. We'll have more details uh, later this week, early next week. Yep. So it is 9 o'clock. So we are going to bring Javi on. Uh, Javi, welcome into the show. Before we even start, I want to lead in by asking you, what are your thoughts on the Tuesday show ending? Because I know you and I like briefly mentioned this during our soundtrack. 
Right. Well, you know, um, I think I, you know, I've been a follower of the show for a long time. So, you know, to, to hear what David had to say, you know, and in the show, that was, you know, that was shocking news because, you know, they've been a part of our Tuesdays for a very long time. You know, like uh, Steve said, it was over a decade, right? You know, that's DBZ time right there. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, it's a talk show format that, that I think the FGC kind of needs. And I hope that um, someone will fill that void somewhere. For sure. Also, Javi, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Uh, super appreciate your time. Uh, I've, I'll be honest, I've been thinking of asking you to be on the show for a long, long time. So I'm glad it's finally happened. Uh, it's about damn <laughs> I think time. I've been on there before. A long time ago. Oh, yeah. I think that might have been before me. Yeah. I, I think when everyone was still around. Yeah. yeah. Steve, are you here? I, I, I do also. I It might have been either before. I think it might have been right before I became a regular member mm. of the cast. Uh, but I do like that we coordinated our wardrobes today. Are we all wearing? <laughs> <laughs> We're all wearing. We're all doing all the blue. blue. Hell yeah. Uh that's why you two are great. Uh, so now here's the situation. Javi, uh, I wanted to bring you on, especially now, because you and I had a small conversation over at Combo Breaker about TOing and about everything. And then after Combo Breaker, there was this whole show about TOs and what everybody else thought of TOs without knowing the job of a TO, right? So I wanted to bring you on to get your perspective on everything that you do, because I think, well, I know TOing is... I think one of the most thankless jobs in the FGC. So, oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. So, so what are some things that TOs deal with that absolutely like don't even reach the mind of an attendee or a competitor? Well, you know, I think the first thing that um, people have to realize is that you know when you're uh, you're organizing a large event, you're you know you have to treat it like a full time job, right? There's a lot of things that go into it. Um, you know, such as, you know, coordinating meetings with staff, you know, you know, when you coordinate these meetings, what do you talk about? You talk about current topics, you talk about something that's going to happen, um, stuff like that. Uh, there's other things like venue negotiation, you know, you scout out different venues around the city, try to figure out what's best for the FGC, right? Um, you know, these days, um, FGC kind of likes it to where, you know, the venue, the actual venue of the tournament is in the same place of the hotel, you know, it's only steps away. Um, People like that convenience. And of course, afterwards, they want to play casuals. They can do it in the lobby or they can do it in hotel rooms. Um, one of the biggest things that that um, that we face as organizers is the actual schedule. You know, how, you know, like for Ticket Shutout, we had 19 events. How do we schedule 19 events in three days? You know, I know I know um, some people think that Ticket Shutout is not as big as the other ones. And it's not, right? But it's still 19 events. And you know, we just have to figure things out in a way to make it work within those three days. Um, and not only that, you know, you have to deal with the master schedule. You have to deal with um, scheduling volunteers to run pools whenever they need to or or whatever tasks that they need. Um, you also have to coordinate with um, stream production and the commentators to make sure that they're running the games that they're supposed to be running and the commentators are actually there to commentate it. Um, there's other things like um, insurance. You have to deal with security these days. Um, this year, obviously, the, all the vaccination checks. Um, you know, with us, we only we didn't require either a card or a negative test. 
Um, there are some events that were more stringent, and that was good for them. Um, you know, we have to deal with like uh, marketing, social media announcements, stuff like that. Uh, we also have to try to plan accordingly for growth, and you know, um, you know, um, make choices and other stuff like merchandise. What do we sell? What do, you know? How do we? Um, what do we charge people in order to get? You know, to you know, either break even or make a little bit of money for us. Like it's a lot of stuff. When you talk about. Yeah, when you talk about all of those things, obviously, there are costs associated with that. Um, I've seen absurd numbers thrown about. I, I know uh, uh, Jip Bailey talked about venue or internet in a particular venue being $300,000 for a weekend. Um, I know... Uh, Combo Breaker, they, they cost nearly a million dollars to run, just like a little under a million. What are some of the costs that people don't think about uh, when you're when you're running an event? Well, um, you know, obviously, internet is a big thing. Um, it's a very lucrative sales pitch for these hotels, you know. And I'm I'm assuming that they're, they're not going to spend a whole lot of money paying internet, but if they can. They can um, sell it to somebody else for a lot of money, kind of like with conventions at Comic Breaker. I'm sure it was like thousands of dollars per day. Um, um, with me, it wasn't that way. Um, I was able to negotiate with the venue to have internet at a much lower charge, but I got lucky there. Right? There may be other organizers whose venues may not be so so um, so flexible. Um, but you talk about cost, right? So um, the things that cost us the most this year for Texas Showdown was the on-site AV costs. You know, throwing up those projection screens, throwing up those um, those fabrics between the curtains and stuff like that. I mean, between the screens. Um, you know, you pay for screen production. That's a lot of money in itself. The actual venue is is a large number, right? Because not only that we have to you know pay a venue fee for you know hosting the event. You know, there's there's lodging costs behind that. You know, how you know how many people do we need to house or to lodge? You know, for the weekend, and, and it grows pretty quickly, right? The more people you have on the staff, the more rooms that you have to rent out. Um, um, apparel and merchandise, right? You know, the larger events have have costs associated with it. You know, design. You know, buying the actual apparel, and you know, and you always have to um, assume the risk. You know, what if you don't sell out of the item or if you don't sell enough, you know, can you can you afford to take costs there? Um, on-site graphics—that's a lot of money, right? The the materials, the print, and the actual, um, you know, the actual cost of designing stuff. You know, as simple as you know, designing like pull signs or just the banners of telling you, you know, where you should go, um, the schedule, you know, little things like that. You know, a lot of those costs add up quickly. And, you know, it can get it up into tens of thousands of dollars, at least for an event like mine. Yeah. So how how is the cost that you're paying for, like, the venue, for lodging, for everything, uh, how is that made up? Is it through, like, the venue fee for tickets? Um, so what we try to do is we try to um, – we haven't done a good job this year, but we what we try to do is we try to – to charge people in a way that that covers most of those costs, right? Um, we do have, um, you know, we try to project as best as we can. You know, we try to accommodate for growth and 
know, losses here and there and stuff like that and sponsors, uh, all that kind of stuff. But we try to make it in a way that that's, that is still reasonable for for an attendee to try to do, I mean, to pay a reasonable amount and try to get, to try to give them the best experience that they, that we can give them. Um, it's a little tough, you know, to be honest. It changes from year to year, too. Obviously, you've probably gone through a lot of changes over the past couple years, specifically. Um, how has organizing an event changed, or has it changed, uh, post-COVID? Uh, yeah, well, you know, a lot of things have changed, you know, within the FGC itself. Um, if we even go back to, you know, from 2018, you know, you had that that um, incident in Jacksonville with the Madden tournament, right? So, so 2019, a lot of events had to implement security. Um, you know, post-pandemic, uh, one of the things that we had to, uh, to implement was vaccination checks. You know, you know, it's one of those things that we had to assign more staff to to deal with that. You know, we can't just have one person check in and say, "Okay, well, it's a, you know, you're good to go." No, we have to, we have to be comprehensive, and we, you know, we have to do our due diligence because there's other people on the line, not just us, but every other person who attends a tournament. Um, another thing that you that we probably had to deal with this year is an overall shift of how the FGC thinks in terms of um, playing on certain types of equipment. As you guys know, there's been an overall shift to. PC, right? People want to play on gaming laptops or monitors with high refresh rates. But we can't really do that, right? Because, you know, those kind of costs are feasible. So uh, what we, we have to do is, you know, if we're going to run a, a, a tournament on PlayStation 4, it has to be PlayStation 4 Pro because anything less, you know, you know, might not be optimal for the, um, for the attendee. Um, not only that, we have to keep in mind uh, what monitors to use. Um, you know, ideally, we would want to have monitors with higher refresh rates, but, you know, there's cost behind that, you know, um, and we've been using the same old monitors for a long time. I know for me, I've used the same monitors since 2013, and a lot of them are still going strong. Um, um, another thing is cost, right? We just have to be more mindful of what we spend, um, um, especially since costs have risen across the board. Yeah, what are what is like the one cost that's risen the most that you didn't expect to rise the most from before the pandemic to now? Um, well, I think everything went up. Um, in I did I did some number checking, and in twenty nineteen, um, you know, we had a specific budget, but for twenty twenty two, our costs went up ninety percent. I mean, that is a wow. significant increase. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, um, the main thing that that increase for us was the the in-house AV. You know, it went from, you know, let's say 12,000 to 24,000, just, just to house, um, you know, a place where people can watch. You know, security had went up a lot. It went up three times the amount that it was in 2019. Uh, we had to include some extra security to deal with our bigger space. And it was, um, yeah, I mean, when, when you add those kind of costs and they all add up, you know, even even something as simple as printing something out, you know, costs have almost double because there's not enough lumber or paper to go around, you know. Yeah, it's it's been a significant challenge this year. Wow. Yeah, I, 
when we talked to combo breaker i think like when you told me that security was three times as expensive that blew my mind um because again that and that's one of those things where like as an attendee you don't think about security costs right you're just like oh i have to open my bag so i can get in i have to look uh just show them my vaccine card but and that's stuff that like never crossed my mind until i heard you bring it up so i'm glad you brought it up here because it's like that's insane and the fact that everything like the audiovisual production went up 90 percent as well that's absolutely insane uh did so with all of these crazy cost increases like how did like how are things post texas showdown now like were you able to break even like how is like where are you at at this point um no comment okay (laughs) (laughs) um i i think we did sustain a loss um this year but it was kind of it was kind of expected we we did invest into some new things that were kind of outdated in 2019. Obviously, um, it's been our first event in three years. So, you know, there were some new costs associated with things. Um, obviously, we had to bear the brunt of the cost with um, the AV and the security and other things that had gone up, right? Um, other costs included that um, we actually paid most commentators this year. Um, there were a few who refused payment, but um, no, we accommodated every single commentator, even people who were new. Uh, we we um, compensated volunteers as well. Um, that was something that was completely new for for 2022. Um, you know, I believe I believe if we support the FUC in a whole lot of ways, you know, they'll come back and help us out. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said before, it's just been a challenge, and you know, we tried to do the best that we could. Now, we asked for a couple. We asked for some questions on. Uh, you know, both in our Discord and our Twitter. Uh, one of the questions that I came across, which kind of, you know, caught my eye, was from Ren Evers on Twitter. And he asked, they asked, uh, who are some of the unsung heroes behind the scenes that deserve recognition? Oh, man. There you know, is either specific pe- okay, yeah, specific Either specific or, people or roles. Okay. Well, you know, the, I guess... The core event staff for a lot of events, including Combo Raider CEO, ourselves, uh, Frosty, and you know, to a point, Eva. Um, there's a whole lot of core staff that that works behind the scenes that that a lot of people don't get to talk to, but they are the core of the tournament itself. They're the ones who keep the glue together, right? Um, you know, um, with an event like Texas Showdown, I I can tell you that there's maybe eighty or ninety people who have some sort of hand in the event to help make it run smoothly, right? Um, The core staff is the ones who keep it together, who coordinate with all these people and to make sure that everything's running in in a smooth kind of way. Without that core staff, you know, the event can fall apart, or at least the good core staff, it could fall apart easily. Um, I'm fortunate enough to work with my staff at Texas Showdown for for now um, almost 10 years. And and they've been great and they're like family to me. You know, I would go to the ends of the air for these guys. Um, another, you know, another set of unsung heroes are, you know, you know, our our significant others in our staff. I mean, within our staff. You know, a lot of us have partners who who support the FGC because our event supports the FGC. And they contribute in ways that that are refreshing and and unpredictable in ways, um, you know. They 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 help pick us up when we're down. Um, you know, they offer support when they can, and you know, it's it's the little things that count too within the event. You know, 
a lot of us are hungry. We're running on empty for 18 hours a day. But, you know, if a significant other goes out and gets us some food that we normally don't eat in the hotel or something like that, that can mean a lot. And, you know, it, it could do a lot to lift our spirits. Yeah, wow, that's, yeah, that's something I didn't think of. But it's, again, like another one of those very obvious things that you wouldn't think of, but uh, is, is a reality. So there was one other question on Discord. This was a joke question, but I am going to ask just to make that person uh, feel bad for asking joke questions in the Discord. Uh, is Ace cool? This guy? Ace? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's a really good guy. You know, I saw him run uh, some brackets over at Kyle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Steve, I... I know I only got to talk to you briefly while, you know, I was doing some reporting for Combo Breaker, but, you know, I know I wish you the best in things. Um, I know you're going to be a great dad just based off your demeanor. And, you know, I hope you don't stay away from the FGC too long. Because I know I know most people say they leave the FGC, but a lot of people find their way back somehow. So see, I hope see, you did you missed, you missed the whole, like, I created the FGC retirement theorem, you know. How it's when you valid. announce your retirement? When you announce your retirement, how likely you are to stay away is inversely proportional to how big of a deal you make about it. Like <laughs> the, the, the person who posts on Facebook says, "You know what? I'm out. I'm going to miss all of you. I'm going to go to one last event. They'll be back in a week." <laughs> so, so I'm hoping that's true for me. Well, you know, you know, um, I was gone for seven years from the FGC because of. Um, personal pursuits and stuff like that. But what, you know, when it, and I didn't make it a big announcement, I just didn't show up to anything anymore and I didn't do anything. Um, you know, I lost some potential opportunities there, but you know, when I came back, Hey, you know, it was like, I never left and I hope it's the same for you. Speaking of, of going and coming back, you know, we've, we've seen, you know, with everything that happened with the pandemic, you know, there was always, this shift or at least this potential for a shift in how tournaments would be run and how many tournaments there would be. Um, do you think it's how feasible is it for new events to come in and rise to the level of like a Texas showdown? I, that's a really good question. I think it's going to be very hard if a, let's say a new event decides to, to show up. Um, you, I think this year you'll notice that you'll, you know, a lot of mainstay, mainstay tournaments that would normally run throughout the course of the year are not happening this year. Um, um, you know, I've had several conversations with certain key people and, you know, to them, sometimes to them, it doesn't make sense to come back because, you know, it's a lot of things that go along with it, right? It's the long break. It's, um, Maybe priority shift, like priority shift with some of these organizers. Um, it could be that, you know, they're looking at archive, our events and they're saying, oh, you know, look at these costs that are going on because they know what's going on. You know, what I, whatever I'm talking about tonight, they know exactly what's going on. So I don't, you know, that could bring a little bit of hesitation for them. And of course, you know, you know, with all these costs rising, it also, with these organizers, it assumes personal financial risk. For a lot of these guys and is it wise for for someone to come back at this time i don't know it's a it's a really tough question to answer so in in the same vein uh 
aside from obviously attending the tournament and paying the venue fees and going to participate in the tournaments, are there any other ways that the FGC community can help support events and support TOs again, more than just attending the event? Um, I know that there's some, I know that there's some events out there upon registration. There is a supporter only link that that's on start.gg. Um, I think, that could be a way of doing it. Um, if they want to support the players themselves, they have Maturino. Um, I know tournament organizers are very proud of what they do, so they're very unlikely to start a GoFundMe or, or any kind of crowd crowdfunding sites. Um, I mean, I mean, if that was feasible and our egos weren't so fragile, I think I think it would help a lot. <laughs> um, but um, I don't know. Um, it. I think in order to help support these tournaments, it has to come from a lot of places, right? It comes from the community, it comes from our sponsors. Um, um, sponsors are a big part of the FGC now, you know, um, um, like it or not, you know, no matter what people think. Um, I know we try to stay as grassroots as we can, but, you know, grassroots will only get us so far, you know. Um, you know, I, I am very interested to see how, how the landscape shifts in the next couple of years. So, Steve, did you have a question before I ask mine? Uh, go ahead and ask yours, because I think okay. you're going to build on that. Okay, so we're talking about sponsors, and we're talking about uh, the outsider influence. From what you can discuss, and feel free to skip this question entirely, because I know some of this stuff is a little bit sensitive. We saw Capcom announce the new licensing agreements uh, for smaller tournaments, and they also announced that there are going to be other like higher-tier eSports licensing things happening has that impacted anything in any way shape or form that like that you can talk about as far as like running a tournament that's the size of texas showdown um yeah i can i can delve into it a little bit you know if you know there's you know i guess if we're part of a developer-based event let's say in this example the capcom pro tour you know there's there's definitely some benefits behind it, right? Um, some of the benefits could be monetary from from the developer itself, or it could be an influx of registrations because they want to qualify for something. Um, it could be an influx of spectators because they want to watch their favorite players. So yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of benefit to that. Um, um, if it's not there, then, then we have to rely solely on the community to come and play, right? Um, I know in 2019, we had so many players for Street Fighter V. Um, this year, without any any official support from Capcom, we were even able to to suppress that number um, by about 10 or 15%. So um, I, think, I think the FGC and the community for that. But, um, you know, I, I still think that, um, that developer support is a thing and it will continue to be a thing in the future. Um, as far as the esports license, uh, um, I know Capcom. You know, while Texas Showdown was wrapping up, I know they had this community-based um, license that everybody was all up in arms about. But for an event like Texas Showdown, we didn't really qualify for that because we were we were just simply too large for it. Um, we were in negotiations for a separate type of license. Um, it wasn't it wasn't fully fleshed out because of based off of the feedback that the FGC had towards the uh, 
community license. So they kind of scaled back and they said, okay, well, you know, let's, let's go back and let's, um, let's uh, reword this license to make it work for, for a lot of other people. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't make that happen in time for Texas Showdown, but, um, but, but we all know why they're, they're doing it, right? They want to protect their own assets and, you know, and with Street Fighter Six coming out, you know, they, they want to use Street Fighter Five as a test bed to, to figure out what they can and can't do with, um, with, um, open bracket type of events like Texas Shutdown and the Combo Breaker and stuff like that. So with, you know, with the negotiations that you went into, obviously that takes time. When you decide to do Texas Showdown, let, you know, I don't know if you've announced Texas Showdown for 2023 or not, uh, but if there is a Texas Showdown 2023, when do you start having to make uh, moves like signing a contract, finding a venue? What's the timeline for an event? Um, these days, now I start doing it now. Um, as soon you know, as soon as the shutdown was over, the the current venue talked to me and says, "Okay, well, you know, let's do next year." I was like, "Whoa, you know, let me <laughs> let me make sure, give me a break first, and let me make sure that that is something <laughs> that makes sense, <laughs> right? You know, because you know, everybody's getting back into it, right? Um, you know." All these venues are excited to bring a thousand plus people to the event and you know they all spend money in some sort of way so so yeah i mean these venues are excited um people are are wanting to make a whole lot of money quickly because obviously um 2020 and 2021 were pretty bad years or apparently right so so yeah i mean in terms of negotiations and stuff like that yeah a lot of it starts early um um Obviously, there is some downtime that we can have. Um, an event like ours, what we tend to do is, you know, I tend to give a staff a break until like maybe July or August. And then from there, we start wrapping it up a little bit with meetings. And then from there, we start talking to other people. You know, we start talking to screen production vendors, um, um, sponsors and all that stuff like that. But um, as far as the timeline goes, you know, it used to be where you could just run a tournament within three months or something like that. But now, now it's becoming a trend to where it's going to be maybe you have to do it maybe nine months ahead now. And I, I only see that increasing as, as the number of events get smaller, but the remaining events get bigger. Whoops, clicked the wrong button for that transition. Uh, but hey, uh, no, that's, that's really good to know that it's like such a crazy year around thing. Uh, again, something that none of us attending an event would ever think of, um, so I'm happy we got to dive in. We're unfortunately running out of time. Uh, so to end to end everything, uh, first, I wanted to ask, with all the Street Fighter VI news coming out, do you have any opinions on Street Fighter VI and how it's looking? I think Street Fighter VI is a lot farther along than we had ever imagined. Um, the way that they're doing things, they're doing it correctly. We saw how Street Fighter V was, right? It was an incomplete game. Um, um, there was a lot of issues behind it, but but this time around, it looks very polished. You know, I think the marketing team has it on point. Um, I think the leaks, with the supposed leaks, have not affected things in any way. Um, the overall um, um, sentiment on social media seems to be very positive, and I know it's going to be a big boon for the FGC in twenty twenty three. 
Um, the real question is, is when in 2023 mm-hmm. is it going to be released, right? Because Texas Showdown, you know, it runs in April or May. And will it be released by then? I hope so. Definitely, right? <laughs> if it doesn't, then, oh, God, what do we do? <laughs> but there are other games that will help support the FGC, just, just in case something like that happens. Half question related to that real quick. Do you want to be, do you want Texas Showdown 2023 to be the first major for Street Fighter 6? Or do you want someone else to, 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 to fall on that sword? No, no, no. I'll be the first one to fall in that support. I will take it as a challenge and, and we'll accommodate it no matter, no matter what. Oh yeah. So I've been following some breadcrumbs. I don't know if you watch the show, but I do a lot of theory. Conspiracy theory, crafting, and sometimes it's not a conspiracy theory. Uh, but my take, my assumption so far with what I've seen is that it'll be out in February. Just like Street Fighter V was. And Street Fighter Four. So that's my yeah, assumption. Be, so I think so, too, because um, I just think it's a lot farther along than people thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just looks very, very, very refined at this stage. Obviously, there's things that they can improve on, but, you know, there's still plenty of time to do that. And, you know, these guys, you know, with developer crunch, they'll get it done. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Javi, last thing before we let you go, because uh, it is 930. Where can people find more information and where can people support you? Uh, where do you want people to look you up at? Um, you know, I'm on Twitter, um, Javi SRK. Um, SRK is a throwback to the old Shoryuken days. Um, we do have a tech, uh, website, txshowdown.com. It can, um, we plan to do a couple of cool things with the website. Um, right now we have some some results from StartGG. Um, what we want to do is we want to implement, um, we want to implement past results because enough tournaments don't do that, right? You throw your tournament and who knows what the winner is, right? After, you know, if you want to go back to 2012 or something like that and figure out who that winner was, we don't have a good way of doing it. So at least with Texas Showdown, we want to provide that to the people somehow. Um, you know, we want to work on, um, um, providing galleries for people. I know I haven't been doing a good job. I have all these photos from years past that no one has seen yet. And we're trying to find a way to put that online so people can see. Um, you know, they monetize themselves or, you know, do certain things. They can do certain things with that. Um, there's other things that I want to do with the FTC myself. Um, I'm working on a couple of concepts and I want to pitch it to certain people to see what they think of it. But I think it'll help. I think it'll help the FTC in a big way. Just, just gotta find a way to implement it correctly. Oh yeah. So we'll keep in touch over at, on Twitter at Javi SRK and on Twitter and website txshowdown.com or Texas underscore showdown on Twitter. Uh, Javi, I super appreciate you coming on. Uh, this has been a long time coming in my mind, so I'm glad we finally got you here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it a lot. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much. What's, and well, go ahead, Steve. What's in the crackpot? Oh, I got some. Um, <laughs> I got some slow cooked ribs in there. I'm mm. ready to eat it after I'm done. Damn! All well, right, I, we we well, can't keep you from that. <laughs> we'll let you go have rib time over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Javi. Uh, you? That was Javi SRK on Twitter. You know the main man behind Texas Showdown and all the fun stuff happening in Texas. Big thanks to him. Uh, he's he's already chowing down on those ribs. Uh, that's the show. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Just want to remind everybody that if you go to the Epic Store, you can 
and you're buying something or you're downloading some free games, please be sure to put the code best of V show on the supporter creator code to support the show. I will be back here on Saturday at noon on the dot to play some Rumbleverse, and I'll be playing as long as my body allows me to. Steve, you're more than welcome to join, but it is not a requirement, as I know things are crazy over there on your end of the world. And uh, and yeah, I'm I'm excited for the future. I hope you are too. And uh, let's keep this uh, this train rolling. Steve, any final thoughts? That that was. I tried to do the hustle and the train at the same time. It did not work. I need I to go to worked. bed. Good night, Canada. I think it worked, but that's fine. All right, good night, everybody. Have a good one. I'll catch you all on Saturday. Saturday. I almost said Sunday. Saturday. Goodbye. Saturday. Sunday. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>